Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We can find instant satisfaction in almost anything these days. Sleepy? Instant coffee. Need to sell your car fast? Car sales? Instant offer. That's right. Sell your car the instant way. And get it done with Australia's most trusted site for cars. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. The panel. And the panel this morning, I'm pleased to say, uh, consists of two very respected journalists and reporters in uh, Guy Havelt and uh, Hamish Pitfall. And Hamish, if I could start with you, please, uh, the Warriors, uh, the capitulation, humiliation, all sorts of pretty average ad- adjectives being thrown around this morning, and justifiably so? Oh, yes and no. Like, it's a realistic reflection of where they sit in the NRL pecking order. Um, there's Penrith and there's Melbourne. There's two or three teams below that that are of an acceptable slash competitive standard. And then there are the other teams, like the Warriors. And um, against less of teams, of teams in their sort of... 7 to 14, 15 bracket. They'll have competitive games. They'll uh, they'll show some some fight. They may win some of them as they have done previously this season. But in the top class, they're not up to it, and that was shown graphically last night. One of the issues they have is Nathan Brown was pretty um, condemnatory after the match in terms of the effort of some of the guys and that sort of thing. But the biggest issue he has there is the worst defender in that regard was Sean Johnson. If you watch the Melbourne playmakers like Pappenhausen. Hughes and Munster, they take the ball to the line. They, they ask some questions. They take some bruises. Sometimes they dummy. Sometimes they pass. They keep defenders honest. Johnson plays about 10 yards behind the play, shuffles the ball on, doesn't want to get a bruise, doesn't put a shoulder in in defence. So when you call players out and when you think maybe changes have to occur, when your highest profile, probably highest paid player isn't performing, isn't even looking interested, that's a real problem because how do you fix that up? How do you make meaningful change? How do you get guys on board when they're losing their place in the team or they're under scrutiny, but perhaps the guy with all the talent isn't doing anything. Probably the guy with the bank, uh, the majority of the bank check too, I would imagine he wouldn't be on uh, a small salary, Sean Johnson at all, Guy Havelt. Um, is it push the panic button time from your point of view? I mean, when you lose by that extent, I mean, that's the history-making worst loss the club has had. What happens? Uh, good morning. Is it panic button time? Well, that depends on, on if you're, uh, if you're uh, one of these people who seem to think that the Warriors are a genuine title-winning contending side. If you are deluded in that sense, then yes, it is panic button pushing time. But if you are realistic, this was always going to happen at some stage in terms of a big loss by this Warriors team. Look, they're a team that can possibly make the top four. I doubt it. Uh, they, they, they may be able to make the top eight. But as Hamish says, realistically, they're somewhere between, say, that 5 to 13 mark. Uh, at the moment, they're never going to win an NRL title. Uh, they're going to have these games every now and again where they get thrashed. Uh, that's just the way the Warriors go. Um, I-, I watched the first half. They played pretty well for the first half last night, and then I went to bed because I was tired. 
I uh, couldn't quite believe the score when I woke up, but at the same time, I went to bed thinking, well, I don't think the Storm are going to lose this. Um, and, and it might be, you know, 10 to 20 points. It ended up being, what well, was about 60 or something. Um, but but mm. that's largely by the by. Uh, they're, they're just not a team that's consistently going to win week in, week out. They're not going to win a title at the moment. Um, and, you know, that Warriors fans, uh, these people who seem to think that they can win a title, need to realise that that is just not going to happen. They might be good on occasion, but they don't have the consistency. And the way I see it, they're not going to have consistency unless they make some significant changes in how they go about things. Uh, speaking of uh, consistency, uh, Hamish, uh, the Wellington Phoenix, uh, home for two games, a, a loss and a win. So, uh, and in fifth place. So pretty handy season here for, for them and the possibility of a home playoff. Yeah, I've been astonished. Um, I covered the Phoenix for a few years under Andy Merrick's reign and they had some good players. They certainly had a good coach and they really didn't fire that often. Um, I didn't expect very much from them this season. Uh, they had every excuse in the world to play the Warriors. We're away from home. There are challenges. There's COVID, all that sort of stuff. But they have modest talent in the squad. And yet here they are playing to their potential. I mean, it should embarrass some teams like the Warriors who don't actually... You know, the sum of the parts, is, it doesn't amount to much. But at the Phoenix, where they, you know, to me, they're battlers, really, um, to be in, this, in contention at this time of the season is, like, really meritorious. Guy, um, I'm not sure if you went to Eden Park yesterday. I think about 15,000 did. So an OK crowd. I thought it might have been a few more. I wanted to go. I was coming back from Cambridge uh, watching Lisa Carrington against Amy Fisher so, and, and then had to do the story oh, for... Right for one news at six o'clock. Um, so I wasn't able to get there, but I've, I've loved what the Phoenix have done um, up against so much uh, adversity. And, and look, the Warriors are too. I shouldn't forget that. But uh, the Phoenix aren't really expected to do much in this competition uh, in, in terms of really contending with teams week in, week out. They seem to be able to do that. Uh, they're now in a top four position at the moment, I believe. Um, and, and I give them a chance of, of going fairly well in these playoffs. And I'd love to see it. Uh, I think they've brought a, a pretty good brand of football. I'm not a massive football fan in general, but I tend to watch the Phoenix because I like the way they play. Uh, I think they've become consistent. I think they've become pretty good on the whole. Um, and, and, yeah, I, I, I hope they can go well into the playoffs. And, um, yeah, as I say, I, I was delighted for them to, to have a couple of games at home and to see half-decent crowds like you. I would have thought that the one at Eden Park might have been bigger. The day wasn't great in Auckland, so that might have counted against them a little bit. Um, but, uh, yeah, at least they could come home for a couple, see that they do have some decent support and, and put a couple of uh, couple of good performances out there. So, uh, Or one good performance, I should say. Um, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, they can, uh, hopefully they can push towards the playoffs. OK. Uh, just hold it uh, on the line if you can, fellas, please. That would be great. We'll take a quick uh, break for the news. When we come back, we'll look at... Um, bit of rugby, um, a little bit of Tyson Fury perhaps. And a uh, uh, guy, I might ask you about that matchup between Amy Fisher too uh, and Lisa Carrington. Intriguing. The panel. Yeah, we've got uh, Hamish Bidwell with us this morning uh, and Guy Havelt as well. And uh, Guy, as you said, you went down and uh, covered that uh, intriguing matchup over the weekend between Amy Fisher and Lisa Carrington. And we're tied at one apiece. They decided to come. Uh, yeah, the best battle, best sporting contest of the weekend, I, I think, Smithy. Uh, it's been a real treat to be down there to watch. Uh, this is the best of three between, obviously, uh, Dame Lisa Carrington, the Olympic champion, and Amy Fisher, the current world champion in the K1 500. And they've been separated 
uh, in the first race by 0.08 of a second, and then in race two by 0.11. Fisher winning the first one, Carrington the second. This is a, a, a fantastic rivalry um, that I don't think will be separated by much again uh, on on Thursday when they race that decider. Um, it, it's, it's had, you know, fascinating stories behind it in terms of Amy Fisher going her own way and, and moving away from the high-performance environment to do her own thing and train herself, uh, essentially, um, because she doesn't see eye to eye with some of the ways of, of canoe racing New Zealand in terms of athlete welfare and that sort of thing, so she's doing her own thing. And then in the other in the other scheme of things, you've got Dame Lisa Carrington, who, of course, our most successful Olympian, um, who is down at, or down at the lake all the time, uh, or whether that, that's at Lake Pupuki or, or Lake Karapiro, uh, and, and, you know, trained by, by the great Gordon Walker. So two very different ways of going about things, and they are separated by such a small margin. It is a shame that they can't both go to the World Championships, although I put that to someone at Canoe Racing New Zealand uh, while I was down there, and they said, well, we would like to, you know, try and get... We would like to get them both there, but if the rules were changed, then in the grand scheme of things, it would be terrible for New Zealand because... Um, if it opened it up for other countries, then in other events, the likes of Hungary, Germany, other European nations would pretty much fill the events because their 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 races uh, dominate in certain events. So for the greater good, this is how it has to be. A shame they can't both be there, but uh, man, it makes for a, a, an epic uh, contest in the making on uh, on Thursday. Absolutely, and we'll be down there uh, for that. Uh, no doubt about that. I cannot wait. Speaking of epic contests, Hamish Bidwell, uh, Tyson Fury um, against Dillian White. I'm not sure that measures up to that kind of adjective um, in terms of epic. Where does Tyson Fury rate for you all time? I don't want to disappoint you here or sound like a soccer or a wowser, but I I despise boxing. I hate UFC. Um, All the posturing, the performance-enhancing drugs, the recreational drugs, the chunky judging... Uh, just everything turns me off about that sport, and the little line, the sort of the head trauma and all that carry on. So no, I I can't rank him because I haven't watched him and I, I don't pay any attention. Okay, fair enough. We'll move on to rugby then, which I uh, I assume you watched a little bit of, uh, of rugby over the weekend. Do you do you feel on the evidence of the results, etc., that uh, Australia are closing the gap on the, the super franchises over here? I don't think we saw anything in the weekend that we didn't know in terms of the calibre of the teams. I thought the New Zealand teams were were pretty ordinary by their standards, but when they had to play well, you know, to overcome who they were playing, they did so. Um, the thing for me about the weekend was the concept. I'm not against the concept, but I, I just don't think that Melbourne's the place for it. Uh, the rugby code struggled there. The storm for all their sustained excellence don't sell Amy Park out, and I thought. Um, for what sort of a festival and a, and, a, and a showcase for the game, I thought the Magic Weekend, as it's known, was, was pretty flat. Um, you take the expats out and there's just no rugby-watching audience in Melbourne. I, I don't know, money changes hands so people can host events, but I, I'd like to think we could have it somewhere else. It's really challenging to get people to go to live sport, and I appreciate that, but I, I thought the whole weekend was a bit flat, to be fair, and the rugby was, was fairly predictable. Okay. Uh, Guy, can, uh, can I go back to the Tyson Fury thing for you? Um, would he rank, I mean, he's self-proclaimed saying he uh, should be now uh, regarded as one of the greatest heavyweights of all time. Put him in that bracket? Uh, it's, it's a, uh, I, look, he doesn't, he doesn't rank alongside the likes of Muhammad Ali uh, and, and even in my head someone like Lennox Lewis or something like that. I, I just don't feel like heavyweight boxing at the moment is, is overly strong. There are a, a, there are a handful of 
of decent fighters, but it's really him and Anthony Joshua. And, and boxing needs that fight, I think. It, it needs Joshua against Fury. It needs uh, the, the belts to all be unified as one. Uh, I, I, I get where... Look, I, I struggle with boxing a little bit in, in the sense that there are so many different belts, so many different um, world champions and that sort of thing. I think they need to try and unify it, and I know this is never going to happen, but, but it would make me more of an interested viewer if we had one belt, one world champion, one ranking system as opposed to however many it is. I think it's about four, isn't it? Uh, I think that kind of convolutes the, the, the sport a little bit. Uh, Oh, look, he's, he is very good. I, I quite like the theatrics around what he does. I like the singing afterwards. It uh, gives him a bit of personality. Um, but I think it desperately needs Fury against Joshua um, to, to really to really decide whether he is indeed uh, up there with the greats of all time. Okay. Uh, let's uh, just, if we can, just focus on um, the Black Ferns for a moment or two. Um, Hamish, uh, were you surprised in the end at uh, Wayne Smith effectively being made head coach? It's not termed as head coach. I think it's director of rugby, Black Ferns, but um, effectively he is the head coach, I'm sure. So were you surprised at that appointment or did you see someone else in line? No, I thought in the circumstances it was a logical conclusion. Um, I still struggle to get my head around how NZR could have reappointed Glenn Moore without any hint of embarrassment. I, I, I think it speaks to... We had Chris Lindrum talking last week about uh, players not being able to criticise referees that they must speak within what he called quote-unquote appropriate channels. Well, the Black Ferns went through the appropriate channels in terms of the cultural review of their team, and the outcome was that thing changed. The same guy that perhaps wasn't to everyone's taste remained as head coach, and it only was when, you know, people on the outside started going, well, this is but Mickey Mouse, isn't it? How can this be allowed to sort of stand? And the fact that Moore didn't front for the the press conference when the review was, was published. Uh, published. Um, yeah, I thought it was a really shameful episode. So we have a really good person in, in charge now in Wayne Smith, uh, uh, a well-credentialed coach. It's Whitney uh, Hanson is part of that whole thing because we need to be able to promote female coaches. But in the circumstances, Wayne Smith was, was by far the, the best candidate to take over. And my only frustration is that he can't be now part of the All Blacks because I think they desperately need him. Yeah, that is true. Uh, Joe Smith obviously coming in uh, to try and fill that void, particularly from a selectorial point of view. Gentlemen, thank you very much for your time this morning. Uh, Hamish Bidwell has uh, been on the panel alongside Guy Hafelt. So uh, a cross-section of views expressed there, and uh, we'll have another panel, of course, tomorrow morning with two new participants. Uh, uh... When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So... We doubled it. Chicken and Maccas together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.